0: And uh, let's jump in here. We are uh, on a gospel journey over the next few weeks. Uh, We are uh, literally going from Genesis to Revelation. We uh, really began this journey last Sunday morning. Uh, We're talking about not being ashamed of the gospel. Uh, Paul said in Romans chapter 1, 14, 15, and 16, he said, I am a debtor. And what he's saying is I'm a debtor, not money. He says, I'm a debtor of the good news. That's the gospel. Literally means good news. He said, I'm a debtor of the gospel, both to the Greeks and the barbarians, both to the wise and the unwise. He said to everyone, I'm a debtor. We owe something. God has done something in our life, and it's ours to pass along. And he said, so as much, I am ready. I'm going to ask you today if you're ready. You've got to be ready to share the gospel, the good news with those around us. Because he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God unto salvation. And so that's where we're coming from as we go on this gospel journey from from out of Romans but from Genesis until Revelation. We're asking you to pray for someone. Uh, We're asking the question, who's your one? That's a big emphasis that we're doing all up and down I-65 North. We've got churches uh, with all of us in our congregations are praying for someone who needs to know the Lord. So I ask you again today, who's your one? We've got uh, materials in the back, prayer guides in the back. Uh, you can go to atthe50.com and you can register your one there. And there's a team of people that are praying for those names as well. As we're looking for opportunities to share the gospel. Uh, we're looking for opportunities to use these tickets that we have. Many of you already have them. To invite someone out uh, to the event that's uh, sort of going to culminate this. Uh, to the event coming up on September the 8th. With Gene Chizik, uh, testimony, Scott Dawson, Iron City Worship. So we're in an emphasis on the gospel right now. The good news. So let's walk our way through this. Well, y'all say this with me. I'm going to give you the letter, G-O-S-P-E-L. I'm going to give you the letter. You see it in your, in your guide. It's going to be on the screen. And let's say this together. I literally believe if you could learn the first word of these statements, G-O-S-P-E-L, that you would always know the gospel. You'd always be able to share it with someone. So here we go. Can you say it with me? Let's go G. It says, God created us to be with him forever. O, oh, our sins separate us from God. S, sins cannot be removed by good deeds. P, paying the price for sin, Jesus died and rose again. I like that when it rhymes. E, everyone who trusts in him alone has eternal life. And L, life with Jesus starts now and lasts forever. Last week, we talked about God created us to be with him for eternity. If if you were here, you know we covered all of that. We covered God, we covered how people view God, uh, and, and people we may talk with, how they made their misconceptions or their misunderstandings of God, even some of our misconceptions of who God is. Uh, we talked about creation. We talked about how uh, it takes a, a lot more faith to believe that nothing collided with nothing and made something. I mean, that takes a lot of faith to believe that. It's a lot easier, and it takes, uh, it's a lot easier just to believe that in the beginning, God created we began at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1 God created us to be with him for eternity eternity matters and we have to look be able to look beyond the week we have to be able to look beyond the weekend and see down the road and live with an eternal perspective today we're going to attempt to cover the O and some of the S this week so O says that our sins separate us from God now we say the gospel is good news and it is good news. But for there to be some good news, guess what? There's got to be what? Some bad news. all right? Because if there's no bad news, then there's no good news. It's just news. <laughs> so today we got to talk a little bit about the bad news. Uh, and it's all of us. Our sins separate us from God. So God created man and woman in his own image. Genesis 127 tells us in his image he created them. Male and female, he created them. He placed them in an absolute perfect environment, the garden, with free choice, giving them a choice to do it his way or to do it their way. And God said everything there was good. In fact, in creation, he said everything is good. And then when he made mankind, he said it is what? Very good. They're living in an environment with no sin, no death. Everything is perfect. Walking with God day by day. God saw everything he had made, and it was very Good, Genesis 1 and 2. But then we come to Genesis chapter 3, all the way through the end of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 4, and we begin to see that our sins separate us from God. Now, let's say this word sin. It's not a word that people like to hear, all right? I'm going to be honest. I wish there was a nicer way for me to say it. People don't like that word. Um, But sin is what the Bible calls any failure To conform to the moral law of God in act, attitude, or nature. And uh, that's exactly it. It's in act, what we do or what we may not do. In our attitude, in other words, we sin, we fail God with what we do, what we don't do, and with what we think, and also in our nature. And we'll talk more about that as we go. This word sin literally means to miss the mark. It's one of the major ways it's used in the New Testament. It's a word that was used in in, in archery. And if they missed the target, they would say sin. Missed it. Missed. And we miss God's mark or God's standard. Because He is the standard. God Himself is the target. He's the standard. And no one but one, God Himself and Jesus, His Son, has hit that bullseye's target. None of us. None of us. Susanna Wesley, the mother of the great Methodist preacher John Wesley, said this. It's not on the screen, but listen. Listen. She says, whatever weakens your reason, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, takes off your relish for spiritual things, whatever increases the authority of the body over the mind, that thing is sin to you, however innocent it may seem in itself. So how did sin become part of this story? How did we get here? Because God created a world without sin, a perfect environment. He created a world without sin and gave man a choice to live his way or their way. Well, we go to Genesis chapter 3. We're just going to start right there. We're going to look at a lot of scripture. Y'all hang with me. We've got a long way to go. Now, the serpent, this is Lucifer, a fallen angel who had already rebelled against God, um, was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, Genesis chapter 3. And he said to the woman, the woman that was to be known as Eve, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of this garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you will die. Then the serpent said, You won't die. For God knows that in the day that you eat, your eyes will be opened, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. Now think about it. The serpent... And I find it interesting, Eve was not, well, she would become known as Eve, it didn't seem alarmed alarm that there was this serpent talking to her. It's just a different environment. But he asked a brilliant question. Did God really say this? Did God say it? Questioning the word of God. And let me tell you something, Satan still, still behaves in the same way. He'll, ask, he'll have you to question the word of God. And then he says... He didn't really say that. He doesn't want you to have that because he's holding out on you. There's something better out there, and God doesn't want you to have it. You're missing out on something. How many of you know a lot of times when somebody comes to you and they're used in a bad way in your life, and they say, Boy, you're really missing out on something. You should go for this. How I many of you know most of the time that's not really true, right? It's just not. What you thought you were missing out on is something you didn't need. He says, You're missing out on something. They had the entire garden, but this one tree. And Satan questioned, causes Eve to change her focus from not what she had, uh, not on what she had, but to to, to question what she was now missing out on. And we operate the same way now. We look and we're not grateful for what God has given. We look and we go, well, what else is out there? What else is out there for me? So it's a great question. And then we move to verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and I'll tie in parenthetically, you can go to First John chapter 2 and see this, the lust of the flesh, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, the lust of the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, the pride of life, she took of it and she ate, and then she also gave it to her husband with her, he was right there with her, and he ate. They did it their way rather than God's way. And then the eyes of both of them were open in verse 7, and they knew now that they were naked. They didn't know that before. They they didn't live in that consciousness, but now shame has entered in. Guilt has entered in because they now have broken God's standard. And so they sewed together fig leaves. Imagine them trying to sew together some fig leaves to cover themselves. And God uh, goes a little further. You go down to verse 21, and God provides an animal and makes some clothes for them from the hide of a dead animal. Let me say to you, that was the first death to happen. There was no death until this point. No death. I know some people have tried to convince you in creation that there was death before this point because they need death so they can make a case for fossils and remains and all this so they can add up millions and millions and billions of years in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. This was the first death. Of, it was an animal. And he did this so they could cover their sinfulness, cover their shame, cover their guilt. It's what the New Testament tells us in Hebrews 9.22 is the shedding of blood for the remission or the covering of of sin And at this point, in Genesis chapter three, now in a fallen state, they are banished from the garden and from the presence of God. If they would if, and, and people may say, well, God was mad in anger, He drove them out. What a mean God <laughs> for him to drive them out of the garden. That, if you, as you have conversations with people about the gospel, this may be something you hear, is well, why did God drive them out of the garden? Look, God was being very good to them. Because in that fallen state, would they have eaten from the tree of life, they would have lived in their fallen state, they would have lived unredeemed forever. There would have been no hope for them. And so once they are in a fallen state, it wasn't that God was mad, God was merciful. And God said, move them out of the garden. He said, I've got a plan. God is good. He always provides a way. And now Revelation, the book of Revelation tells us that tree of life is now in heaven. And we will partake of it and we will live forever reminds me of this sin. reminds me of a teacher who asked a a pupil in Sunday school, a student, a little boy, said, "Uh, what's the first thing you have to do to be forgiven of your sin? And the little boy replied, sin. (laughs) Now, most of us don't have a problem with that, do we? Uh, We understand that we miss the mark of what God has for us. There's a target, and we've missed the target. Romans 3.23 tells us that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. Anybody here today want to say, I haven't sinned. I've never messed up. I've never done anything. I've always lived it out perfect. Anybody wants to raise their hand, you can take it right back down because now you just lied. (laughs) Right? You just lied. We, We have all sinned. We all know that we've broken God's way. Now, we can try to ignore it. We can try to explain away there is no God and not have to answer for that as we talked about last week. But we've got to deal with our sin. And we are sinners by nature. And we're sinners by choice. See, in, in Adam, we all failed. Romans 5.12 tells us that just as through one man sin entered the world and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all sinned. Now, some people might say, well, that's not fair of God for him to take one, one person's sin and, 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 and move it along, pass it along to everyone, that it would be passed along that way but that's that it wasn't fair of God. But listen, God knows that we would have all made the same decision. Adam was sin. Adam just means mankind. Mankind, we would have all made the same decision. And so one decision corrupted completely. Adam, and to be known as Eve, were the symbol of imperfection. And all of our sinfulness comes back to that one time in the garden when it became about what they wanted and not what God wanted. And we've been living the same way ever since. Now, there's some good news. I told you, we've got to get some bad news out there. Y'all with me? There's some good news. Due to this original sin, this beginning sin, we're all sinners by nature and choice. We're born simple, and we choose to sin. Sin is not just something we do. We, we think of it as an act. Sin is an act, and maybe, and we sin, or it's something we do or something we don't do. But it's more than that. It's literally who we are. We are sinners. We were born that way. It's passed down from all the way through, from that time. Psalm 51, David said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. And ever since that time, every child born, except for yours, of (laughs) course— Are all born in iniquity. They all are. Mine, yours, all of us. Born in iniquity. Born sinners. You don't have to go very far to prove that. You guys know that. We're we're born, you don't have to teach a child to be selfish. You don't have to teach a child to be self centered, do you? Kids' favorite words when they're young, a, a young child's favorite words are not usually mommy and daddy, but what? Mine. It's just natural. You don't have to teach them to do bad. You don't have to teach them to think that way. It just comes natural. Look, if it wasn't that way, a lot more of you'd be over watching nursery this morning, right? I mean, it'd be a lot easier, right? <laughs> but we don't go watch nursery because those kids are selfish and self-centered. Yeah, I mean, they just are, as we all are. So we're, just, we're born into sin. We're born sinners. Ephesians 2 tells us that We all conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as all the others, born into sin. Now, this has affected us personally, mankind, yes. It affects us personally. But look, the the results of sin go way beyond this. You ever just live this life and you just think, things aren't right? You ever think that way? Things just aren't right. This isn't the way God intended it to be. Think how perfect the world could be, J- just simple. You shouldn't have to lock your door to your vehicle out in the parking lot, but we have to. You shouldn't have to lock your door. You shouldn't have to feel like you have to be ready to protect yourself at all times. We shouldn't, we shouldn't feel that way. Let's go a step further and think about a lot of what we see in the news today and, uh, and, and in politics about uh, changes to the earth. Maybe something you never thought about before we see reports of droughts and stronger storms and more frequent flooding extreme changes in temperature, hot, both hot and cold and we see massive changes to the worst oceanic and atmospheric systems and some people call it climate change, some people call it different things And uh, we talked a little bit about environmentalism last week, how it can become a religion of its own uh, some say there's no particular change in the climate, it's just variability, but look There's a lot of opinions on the topic, uh, and there's a lot of arguments that can play out, but we shouldn't be confused as to what's really happening and why. God created a world without sin. God created a world without hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis. God didn't create that. That's not part of his original creation. Now look at Romans chapter 8. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption, that's sin, Into the glorious liberty of the children of God, for we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Because of sin, things on the earth are not how they were originally intended to be. The earth is corrupted even by sin itself. I love to go to the beach, I love to travel to beautiful places in the world. You love to see the Grand Canyon, you love to see Niagara Falls. We love to sit and just be in God's creation. Men, we may love to go to the woods and, and be there in the creation. And it's, it, it's awestruck and it's beautiful. And people look at those sights and they say, how can anyone say there isn't a God? And I hear you. But let me say this as well. What we're looking at is the fallen world. It's not, it's not the way God created it. It was even more spectacular before the ravages of sin in our life, and on our planet. Even more, even more spectacular. What we're looking at is the fallen world. So as beautiful as that may be, we're still looking on a sinful, fallen world. And I don't know about you, but when I look at the Grand Canyon, when I go to Niagara Falls, what I see there, I see results of a flood, is what I see. Just look at it. Quick, mighty, rushing water comes through, and what we see is beautiful, is actually a mark, a stain, I believe, of sin on our world. And it does make for quite a sight, but it's not the way God intended the world to be. And so the consequences of sin even extend to all of the earth, not just to man. And the Bible tells us in Isaiah 51 how it will end. It says that the earth will grow old like a garment. And today we see that the earth is indeed growing old. And in the accelerating decline of the earth, we see the fulfillment of prophecy. And from this, while the rest of the world talks about changes to the earth, what we should see is the coming of Christ. So we're broken people living in a broken world. How's that for some bad news? (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm I'm trying to smile. I know it's hard. Nobody likes to come and hear this, all right? It's the truth. Just look around you, folks. Look, you you ain't got to believe the Bible. Do Do you really believe that the world is the way that it should be? We live as broken people in a broken world. And the results of sin, this is that good news, bad news, for the wages of sin is death. Before sin, there was no death. Adam and his wife would have lived forever in the garden. But because of sin, death comes, physical death, yes, Animals begin to turn on one another. We begin to see the ravages of sin and death on the planet. And then man turns on one another, right? Cain and Abel. But the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life, not death, through Jesus Christ our Lord. And so it's a good news, bad news situation. Look, the bad news is we're dying and we're separated and we are spiritually dead. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. God is holy. Sin disgusts him. He's holy, and he can't be associated with sin. And and not just for his own sake. He hates sin because of the way it corrupts us and the way it corrupts his creation. See, sin's not hurtful because it's forbidden. It is forbidden because it's hurtful. There's not a simple way of living. There's not a way you can live that's not God's way that's the better way. And so I would say this to you. As you begin to try to share the gospel with friends and family, just know you're not trying to ask anybody, not trying to share a better way of living, both on this earth and for eternity, than with anyone. There, there is no better way of living. You're giving them the answer that they need. For their life and for eternity. You're giving them the good news. They already realize the bad news. Life is not as it should be. Psalm 5 tells us that God is not, he's not a God who delights in wickedness. And evil may not dwell with you. Isaiah 6.3 tells us about the holiness of God. They were crying. The angels were crying. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. God is holy. We are sinful. God hates sin for the simple reason that it separates us from Him. It separates us from Him. Isaiah 59-2 tells us that your iniquities have separated you from God and your sins have hidden His face from you. So here we are, separated from God, His face hidden from us so that He will not hear. And so we have this picture, here we stand, of God on one side, man on the other, and our sins separating us. And we really have no hope on our own. We don't. When we die, we're separated from God. Our body, we go to live in heaven or hell. We're separated from this earth. If we die unforgiven, and in our trespasses and sins, as Ephesians 2.1 tells us, we remain separated from God for all of eternity. And so we make light of sin, we're entertained by sin. But God is not entertained by our sin. God is not, does it take sin lightly at all? Look what happened after Adam and she sinned. Genesis chapter 3. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, right? We saw this. And they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings, trying to cover their sin, their guilt, their shame. And then they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the cool of the day. They would normally walk with God. And Adam and his wife, what did they do? They hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the garden, among the trees of the garden. They were in a mess, and they knew it. They had broken God's standard, and they knew it. And let me tell you something, my friends. We're in a mess, and we better know it. Genesis chapter 4 all the way to Malachi chapter 4 in the Old Testament is a one way after another of covering sin. Trying to make up for our sin. But let me tell you something, friends. Sins cannot be removed by good deeds. Just can't be. Since this time of Genesis chapter 3, humanity has attempted to remove the stain of sin by good deeds. Back to that target that we are all have an have a arrow headed toward. Some of us may be closer to the target than others, but we're still not perfectly on the target. You see, we like to look around and think I can cover my sins, my good deeds can cover me, because I'm better than those people. I'm better than that person. Heck, I'm even in church this morning, and I'm better than most of the people even sitting in this room this morning. And we begin to think that our good deeds, us being a good person, can kind of weigh it out. And most people you talk to about, what do they believe about eternity? What do they believe about heaven? Most people will say something like, well, hey, I'm a good person. Man, I do a lot of good things for people. I like to think one day when I get there, God will let me into heaven. That's going to be what most people will say. They don't have a biblical worldview. That's what they'll say. They'll not understand that they have also missed the target. Some may be closer than others, but we've still missed the target. We come to Genesis chapter 4 and we find that Adam knew his wife. She conceived a son and bore Cain. And then she goes along and also bears another son named Abel. And Cain was a tiller of the ground. In the process of time it came that passed that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. They were trying to offer something to God. They were in sin. They were trying to offer something. And they bought the firstborn of the flock of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel's offering but rejected Cain's offering. See, Cain didn't bring his best and it was rejected. And then Cain became infuriated and only one generation into mankind, we've got murder. <laughs> that quick is how quickly man was corrupted. What we see going on in our world today, it's nothing new. It's nothing new, and it will continue and as long as we live in a sinful environment. It's, just, it's going to continue. It's the result. And so we see the rest of the Old Testament. I'm going to look more into this next week. We begin to see that Abraham, God makes a, a covenant with Abraham. Then we move into Exodus, and we see that God gives his people, the Israelites, living in slavery. He brings them out and gives them the Ten Commandments, the Ten Ways that they are to live to, and, and, and to please him. Then we, begin, we also see the Levitical system and the sacrificial system that went forward for all of these years. And the rest of the Old Testament begins to tell the story of the Jewish people, people who some were realizing that they were sinners and needed God to to save them, but most trusted in their own goodness instead of in the mercy and goodness of God. It's a good news, bad news situation. And we're going to cover some of that next week. Our sins can't be covered by good deeds. Reminded me of a poor farmer who went to his banker and said, I got some good news and some bad news to his banker. Which one do you want to hear first? What do you like first, the good news or the bad news? All right, me, I, I, I want to hear the good news. But the banker said, well, Let's get it over with, and let's hear the bad news first. When the farmer said, okay, I've had a bad year. I can't pay the mortgage, and I owe you the house. The banker was pretty disgruntled. Then the farmer said, and I've had such a bad year that I can't repay any of the money I borrowed for my new machinery either. The banker was even more troubled. Then the farmer said, and the money I borrowed to feed, to buy seed and fertilizer. He said, I had such a bad year, I can't pay for any of that either. Bad news. The banker said, that's terrible. I sure could use some good news. What is the good news? And the farmer said, the good news, I still plan to do business with you. <laughs> All right. That's the good news and the bad news. Now, let me say this. Aren't you glad that even in your spiritual bankruptcy, God still wants to do business with you? Amen? Told you we'd get there. Some good news. God still wants to do business with us. He wants to do business with us. Ephesians chapter 2 in the New Testament. And we're going to get more into this in the weeks to come. But i got to give you some hope. (laughs) For by grace you have been saved through faith. Now let me tell you something. You can choose to live in the guilt of sin or in the grace of God. And what we sang about today and what you saw here, saw ministering a song was the grace of God. That's a lot better place than that guilt of sin. Let me tell you what. Living in your guilt of sin, that's no way to live. You've heard it said, what starts off small, boy, it becomes something, doesn't it? Just a small sin will take you somewhere you never thought you'd go. It'll take you somewhere you never thought you'd be. You'll you'll be doing things you never thought you'd do. You'll embarrass yourself. You'll embarrass everybody around you. You'll ruin your life, and you'll wind up bottomed out. Oh, you you may look good on the outside, but you'll be bottomed out spiritually, emotionally. But by grace, we are saved. Through faith, not of yourselves. Let me tell you something. There's not going to be anybody in heaven that will say, I did it my way. Not one person. They won't say it that way. Everybody in heaven will say, I did it God's way. That's a lot better song, I'll tell you that. I did it God's way. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Nobody in heaven will be bragging about themselves. And you can live in the guilt or you can live in the grace. Now, how do you get there? Well, you have to admit that you're a sinner. You see, it would, it, it would be as foolish as going to a doctor and then running the test and saying you've got cancer and, you say, and then you're you ignoring it and just saying I don't care, I, I don't have cancer, I don't ignore it. And I understand believing in faith, but you've got to live in reality and go I have been told by the authority that I have cancer and you can't ignore that. You've got to at least begin to get yourself ready for that. You can't just act like it doesn't exist and we have to admit that we're sinners. And we have to believe. The Bible tells us that it is, in, in, in Romans 10, 9, that if we will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and that he, his resurrection from the dead, that we can be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our sin. Saved from ourself. That's what we're saved from. Listen, it, it's belief or lack of or misplaced belief that will send you to hell. That's what, that's what you choose to go to hell. Either not to believe in Jesus not to believe or to believe wrongly. It's belief that, that condemns us. He says, believe in your heart. And then he says, confess your sins, confess them. That if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and he is just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all of our sinfulness. We ABC, we admit, we believe, we confess that we're sinners. Now, we got more good news to come. I hadn't even unpacked this at, at hardly much at all, but there's good news. We're saved by grace. Now, listen, many of us get caught up in religion, and we think I, I'm a very religious person. But listen, religion is about what we do. That's us trying to be good. That's us trying to be better than someone else. That's us trying to do something to impress God. You can't do it. Religion is about what we do. Listen, true Christianity, what we're sharing with you today, is about what Christ has already done. He paid the price. The wages of sin is death. There's a price to be paid, a wage to be paid, and he paid that price for us. Now, why was he able to pay that price? Because he was not born of man. He was born without a sin nature. He wasn't born of man. And so he didn't carry that sin nature. And so Jesus never in nature or by choice ever missed the the mark that God had for him, the Father had for him. He never missed the mark. And so he was a pure vessel that was was willing and able to pay the penalty for our sin. He He paid a debt he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. And so Jesus paid that debt for us and says it's a gift that you must receive. All you got to do is take it. All you got to do is receive it in faith. Receive it. Now, your faith is only as good as where you put it. You may say, I got my faith over here. I got my faith over here. Put your faith in Jesus and you'll never go wrong. It's a good news, bad news situation. Let's pray together. As we pray, I want to ask you today Have you ever admitted your sins? Have you believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? And have you confessed him as Savior and Lord? We'll give you that opportunity today to come to know him and the free pardon of sin. Jesus paid it all, all to him we owe. Sin left a crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Today, if you need to know Jesus, if you're living in your sins, if when you left out of here today on one of these curvy roads or up on a fast interstate, if you weren't to make it to your next destination, if you're not sure that you know that you know that you'd be on your way to heaven, today we want to ask you to come. Let us talk with you. Let us pray with you. Let someone take the Bible and lead you through. may say I don't understand it all you don't have to understand it all just take that next step there's many of you here today you know the Lord if you die today you're not living perfectly none of us do but you know that you're forgiven but we all know people who are lost in their sin who's your one who's your one Who is it that the Gospel is important enough for you to pray for and to share with? Today, if you need salvation, we invite you to come. Today, if the Lord has given you someone, your one, to pray for, I want to ask you to come today and continue to pray for that one. I said it two weeks ago, many times the reason we don't talk to God about our friends It's because we don't talk to our the reason we don't talk to our friends about God is because we don't talk to God about our friends and our family. Come talk to God about them. Just like the song said, come talk to him. He hears you. Oh, it's your chance to respond.